Hello, I'm Patty Murphy, the host of the Westfield Area Podcast, a reboot of sorts of our original show and magazine that was launched in 2017. This podcast is presented by Frank Isoldi of the Isoldi Collection of Caldwell Banker Realty. Along with Frank, it's our hope that this new show helps shine a bright spotlight on the area and celebrates what makes it an extraordinary place to call home. To learn more about our community, sign up for our newsletter, or to simply find your dream home in the Westfield area, go to theisoldicollection.com. The Westfield Area Podcast is part of the Our Community Plus Lifestyle Network and a member of the local independent online news or Lion Publishers Initiative. We're proud to be one of the hundreds of organizations across the United States and Canada supported by the Democracy Fund, Facebook Journalism Project, Google News Initiative, and the Knight Foundation. And we love doing our part to elevate influential voices from our hometowns. Now, on with this month's show. On this episode of the Westfield Area Podcast, under the direction of Police Athletic League President John Dugan, what started as a flag football program for under 70 young Westfield athletes more than 20 years ago has evolved into a program that has influenced thousands of Westfield residents by instilling in them good sportsmanship, fair play, and service to the less fortunate. Also this month, Positive developments are in the works for downtown Westfield, highlighting an optimistic trend for local businesses and patrons. Plus, a local mom's quick actions has helped provide much needed aid and hope for those caught in the ongoing Ukrainian conflict. Hello, I'm Patty Murphy. We'll have our interview with Westfield Police Athletic League President John Dugan in just a moment. But first, a series of exciting openings and additional events are slated for downtown Westfield, all just in time for the warmer temps. That tops our Neighborhood Notebook segment, our take on noteworthy, local, and positive things you need to know this month. According to the Downtown Westfield Corporation, Downtown Westfield is the place to be this spring and summer with the arrival of multiple new businesses and exciting plans for Open Quimby as the next phase of the town's post-pandemic revitalization looks to draw more residents and visitors than ever before. A wide range of offerings are scheduled to open, including retail, dining, and professional services. Mayor Shelley Brindle has expressed enthusiasm for the new investment in Westfield's downtown especially to local residents who have continued to show local support after a challenging couple of years driven by the pandemic. The return of Open Quimby is scheduled for early May, bringing back the pedestrian plaza featuring expanded outdoor dining and retail space, entertainment, and wellness programming. Created in 2020 as the result of the restrictions placed on retail and restaurant establishments arising from the pandemic, Open Quimby returned in 2021 with additional enhancements and, due to its ongoing success, will once again transform Quimby Street this year into a one-way street over the next several months. 
on Tuesday nights in July and August during the Sweet Sounds Downtown Music Festival, the road will be fully closed to cars. U.S. News & World Report released its list of best high schools in the nation for 2022, and Westfield High School performed well. The school was ranked number 1,152 in the nation and number 48 in the state. This year's list evaluated more than 17,800 schools nationwide, including 355 in New Jersey. The highest ranked high school in the county is Union County Magnet High School, which U.S. News placed number 49 in the nation and number two in New Jersey. Schools are ranked on their performance on state-required tests, graduation, and how well they prepare students for college. Now, we are proud to bring you our hometown helper, a segment made possible with support from Frank Isoldi of Caldwell Banker Realty. In this installment, we introduce John Dugan, the founder of the Westfield Police Athletic League flag football program, which has evolved over decades into a history-making PAL program to include several types of sports and good works across the state. In this interview, we discussed his coaching principles and commitment to the community he loves. John, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Yeah, thank you, Patty. It's great to be here. I want to start off by talking about your career as a Westfield police officer, and what drew you to the law enforcement profession? Well, you know, I think it's my father's early career as an assistant prosecutor here in Union County, and hearing about some of his experiences is really what led me to that career. I studied criminal justice uh, at Seton Hall University, and that involved in some projects where I had to interact with many officers from the various municipal police departments. And I saw the impact that these officers had on the community, and that really resonated with me. So after working in the Westfield Police Department for several years, I joined the Somerset County Prosecutor's Office, where I had a great career as a detective sergeant uh, in the Criminal Investigation Division. And I would tell you, Patty, that my experience in law enforcement really taught me a lot of life's lessons. You see how other people live uh, on a daily basis with different types of struggles. And, and I'm proud to say that today, two of my three children work in both the Somerset County Prosecutor's Office as well as the Union County Prosecutor's Office. So I'm really proud of that, that they've continued on the tradition. That's outstanding. And I wanted to ask if any leaders or officers or even family members influenced your leadership development throughout your life? Yes. I mean, you know, clearly my parents, my mother and father had a major impact on stressing the importance of giving back to the community. In my younger years, my father was the coach of our youth baseball teams. And I don't think he ever missed one of our games in, in youth sports or even in high school sports. And I come from a family of six children. So that was a pretty good track record for him. In terms of people that I interacted with or I worked with throughout my law enforcement career, there was many that had an influence on me. One such individual was a, a gentleman by the name of Barney Tracy. Uh, Barney was a detective when I first joined the Westfield Police Department. And I got to see how he interacted with members of the community. And not everybody is that perfect citizen. And I saw how Barney treated people fairly and equitably and, and gave him breaks when 
when he needed to. And, and that's so that resonated with me too. And I tried to, you know, duplicate what he was doing. And so that helped me tremendously. I appreciate you sharing all of these external factors that helped motivate you to give back. But to stay so committed to charitable endeavors, I think that there has to be some sort of intrinsic motivation that keeps you doing all the things that you do. So I wanted to ask, where does that come from? Yes, I mean, I've always felt that giving back to the community was such an important thing uh, and, and seeing various levels of family dynamics, your heart really goes out to people, especially those who don't have the same resources as other families. And so I would say that basically it comes from within. Uh, you know, once you see a young child really develop or just, you know, so happy with being able to participate where they might not have been. Uh, because of the help you provided, it really drives you to to continue to do this. So I would say that, you know, it's the way I was raised, um, but also it comes from within. It helps you keep going when you see the satisfaction on on some of these kids' faces when you when you help them. I feel like a lot of what you're sharing so far has a lot of parallels with the athletic world and sport. And as the creator of the Westfield Police Athletic League flag football program and a youth sports coach, do you mind sharing some of your coaching philosophies? Yes, absolutely. I, I think treating every one of your players like they're the most important player on that team is just so important. Every kid has to feel important and that they're, they're critical to a team's success. You know, there's a quote out there a good coach can win ball games, but a great coach can change lives. And, and that's what we try to do is, is change lives for some of these kids. So I think the main concept is to just make it fun for the kids to participate in our youth sports programs. You know, they have the rest of their lives to argue and compete at a number of different levels. But at an early age, I think it's important to show them the importance of having fun. You know, we also stress showing respect to each other and for themselves, they got to have respect for themselves first. In flag football, we really stress that it's more about the players enjoying themselves than winning. You know, at, at some of the younger ages, like in the first through third grade level, we tell the coaches not to even keep score. You know, if a, if a player steps out of bounds, making a great run for a touchdown, that's theirs to keep and remember forever. There's, you know, nothing good can come from telling that player that goes back, that didn't count, that, that just would hurt them. So I think it's important to be as fair as possible with kids with playing time and make sure everybody gets a touch of the football, you know, and you could do that in flag football, not so much tackle football, but you want these kids to feel like they're an important part of the game. You really never know what can become of a player uh, and the impact that you might have on them as, as a coach so or a mentor. So they look up to you and, and you want to give them a reason to do that. It's clear to me why the program has become so successful after hearing you sharing those coaching philosophies. But for those who might not know, do you mind describing how the football program has evolved over time? Oh, I, yeah, I think it's evolved tremendously over the years. Our youth sports programs in the Westfield PAL in both the flag football and the tackle football has become the primary feeder system for our Westfield High School football program uh, and, and even some of their other sports programs. A lot of the former players uh, who compete at the high school level, every year they come back and they help out, mentor and, and help coach the, the PAL players. 
So the high school program has enjoyed much success over the years. Uh, and several years ago for this three-year period, they won state championships every year. And a lot of the players on those teams started out as PAO players, whether it was flag football or tackle football. But you can see that the camaraderie they develop uh, over time uh, as teammates is carried on to the high school. And, and that we're pretty proud of. You know, we have a great working relationship with our high school football coaches. Uh, we spend a lot of time interacting with them. They come and spend time with us, teaching us their, uh, their philosophies and their strategies. And if our coaches can adopt that, uh, that just makes for a nice continuity as the kids progress through, uh, you know, grammar school and getting into high school. So it, it works out very well. It's a great relationship. The other thing I think, Patty, is having a good infrastructure around, meaning just having great volunteers. You know, some people actually have made the mistake of saying, how can I help? And the next thing you know, they're, they're involved in running the league. So uh, I think People who not know how to work with children, it's just really important to have them there. So, you know, our program has grown every year because we make it fun. Uh, and that's why kids come back and our registration increases every year is because we try to make this a fun environment for them. Did you ever think the program would be as successful as it is? You know, we started out with the flag football program uh, with about 67 players about 22, 23 years ago. It's now up to well over 700, almost 800 players. And that's just been tremendous success. So in some respects, if you build it, they will come. And, and that's what happened. We've built a good program and we've made it fun and they're coming and they're, and they're coming out to play. So in some respects, I, I did expect that to happen, but never to the levels of, of this. Our, our PAL flag football program is probably one of the premier ones across the country. I don't know that any other programs have that many kids relative to the amount of people that live in, in, a, in a certain community. So we have just an excess of 30,000 people here in Westfield. And we have, you know, probably between the tackle and the flag program, maybe a thousand kids participating. And then we have another hundred cheerleaders. Uh, and we even have, you know, other ancillary programs, uh, our wrestling program. In, in the PAL is, mm -hmm. is just phenomenal. We have experienced coaches that, that teach these kids how to wrestle. And again, the wrestling coaches at the high school spent a lot of time interacting with our, our PAL wrestling coaches. And that has also resulted in some great successes at the high school level. And a lot of these wrestlers are being recognized at the collegiate level now for their efforts. So it's, it's really been a great relationship that we've had with the high school in terms of, um, of continuity, of, of grooming these players and getting them ready to compete at the high school level. You just used a key word there, relationships. And in speaking with you, even offline earlier about some of your other endeavors, I realized that you are a masterful connector. So how do you go about cultivating relationships with people in the community? And why is that so important to you? Well, I, you know, I think it's important because it, it helps for the continued success of the program, you know, well after you're gone, you know, and Westfield is such a great community. And whenever you ask anybody to get involved, I don't ever remember anybody saying no to getting involved in our, in our sports program to one level or another. So 
when the people see how much fun these sports programs are, they just naturally want to become involved and help any way possible. So some jump in with both feet and they're there every day coaching and mentoring the players. Others say I can provide the financial resources or whatever you need behind the scenes in terms of registration processes. So again, I think the reason this becomes so important is it's going to help the success of the program in future years when, when you're not around. I mean, we always look at it like leave that campsite just a little bit better and cleaner than when you first got there. And, and that's what we try to do is, is make this program better. So surrounding yourself with a lot of these great people uh, and showing them that it's a great program, that usually helps. Yeah, succession training, like you were just talking about, is such a key component to sustainability. So ultimately, what do you hope people, and especially youngsters, take away from your altruistic efforts? Well, that's, that's probably one of the best questions you could ask me. And we always stress the importance of giving back to the community. You know, our programs are not just about register, show up, play, and go home. And by getting these players involved in that community service efforts, we want them to see how important it is for when they grow older and they have children of their own. You know, as an example, uh, we make some significant donations to some of the organizations we support, but we always have the kids, the players involved, so they can see the impact firsthand that they're having on others who might be less fortunate than them. You know, we support many different initiatives. Around the holidays every year, we, we hold a, uh, a food and a holiday coat drive. And we also raise funds for women who can't afford to have breast cancer exams. And, and that's actually turned into uh, such a great program. In fact, uh, the Isoldi family, Frank Isoldi's mother, um, she, she actually passed from breast cancer. And, you know, this was years before this, we started you know, I asked a few of the, the women, hey, how would you like to learn how to play flag football? And they jumped at the chance. And since it was the month of October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, we decided to do something special and raise some funds that we can donate to, uh, to women who can't afford these mammograms and other tests to detect this breast cancer. So rather than just giving the money to other organizations and not knowing where it goes, we chose uh, Trinitas Hospital and we, we donate a significant amount of money every year. And they assure us that that money goes exactly, every penny of it goes to help these women get these tests so they can detect the breast cancer. So that's really important. But uh, you know, back to the, the food and the coat drive, when you ask for some volunteers and, and you ask these young players, listen, if you need service hours, or even if you don't, how would you like to help collect these proceeds? And, and we're going to deliver them to an organization in Elizabeth, New Jersey, known as St. Joseph's Social Service Center, which is a tremendous organization. Uh, they help the community in so many ways, but we have the kids actually come with us to drop off the food and drop off the coats, and they get to see the people that they're helping. And to me, that just means so much. So we want the kids to really see firsthand the impact they can have on the community. You know, another thing that we do is each year we honor veterans on, on Veterans Day, you know, and we don't just honor them. We have the police department and fire department come down with the honor guard. We have some singers. We bring some of the veterans up in front of the players 
And we want the players to be able to see these people firsthand. And some of them tell some stories, uh, but we want them to know, these veterans to know that we care about them, that we're giving them a big welcome home. But we want the players to be able to see you know, who these veterans are and, and what they do. And in fact, our eighth grade tackle football team played in the Super Bowl this year in the championship game. But they played at a field in Bridgewater, New Jersey, known as Basilone Field. And that field was named after John Basilone, one of the biggest heroes of World War II, who grew up in Raritan, New Jersey, not far from Westfield. So we asked every player on that team to Google John Basilone and understand who he is. So when they walk down that field, they can see uh, the importance of playing on a field named after a hero from World War II. So we think that's really important to do. When I was full-time coaching, I brought my players up to the Veterans Home in Baskin Ridge, New Jersey, and we brought up some pizzas and a cake, and, and we let the kids interact with some of these veterans. And they heard some great stories from veterans about you know, being captured on their 18th birthday and not being let go until they were age 22. They were held as a POW for four years. And all I asked the kids was, after your visit today, when you go to school the next day, I want you to stand up in front of your classroom for just two or three minutes and talk about the experience you had talking with these veterans. And that, and that just meant so much to them. So this year, uh, for the first time, or we're going to hopefully continue this, we have a cemetery in town, Fairview Cemetery, that has a big veterans section. So we're going to have the players wash the headstones of the veterans because they're starting to get old and, and crusty. And so having these kids wash these headstones and being able to look at these headstones that say veteran of World War II, World War I, Korea, uh, anything like that, Vietnam, that's going to have an impact on them. We want them to understand that. Um, so those are just some of the things that we're doing in the organization so these kids can understand this is important. And if this resonates with them, Patty, like we think it will, they'll take this and do this when they're older. You know, we've had a number of players who have come back and begun coaching in the program. Um, so, and that's just warms your heart when you see something like that, that people want to help that much. I know we're just scratching the surface too when we're talking today, that there's so much more that you have to offer and inspire people to do in terms of being part of something bigger than yourself. Is there anything else you'd like to add or tell people? Just when you become involved with children, know that they're children and know that they're out there just to have fun. Uh, and so I think any sports organization that you're involved with, if you can make it fun and make it impactful and let them come away with a few of life's lessons, I just think that's so important. And, you know, we want to try to have the, the organization evolve and, and continue uh, to be successful. So having the right volunteers, I just think is so important, but also adding on other programs. So, you know, we, we saw a need in our flag football program where there's maybe out of 700 players, about 15 or 20 of them are, are girls. And one of the parents came to me, uh, Kelly Hantman and her husband, Dave, and said, we should start a flag football program for girls specifically. And we did that. And we, we just started it this year we figured maybe 20, 30 girls would show up to a, a little mini camp that we had. We had 160 girls show up for this first camp, and it was just unbelievable. It, it's so exciting to see that we're now branching out 
in making flag football available to, to girls. And that's one of the fastest growing sports here in New Jersey is, is girls flag football. So I think by doing that, that just expands the organization uh, and then it allows for people or, or young kids who might not want to normally play in a flag football program now know that they're gonna play with girls. I'm gonna play in that program, you know, that kind of thing. So I think doing that, having the organization evolve into other areas, uh, I think would just be uh, tremendous for the future success. You know, we even have kids that have left the PAL program, gone into the high school. We now have a mentoring program where we have these high school sophomores, juniors, mentoring kids after school, uh, showing them how to do their homework, or just spending time and, and hanging out with them, uh, eating pizza with them. So the PAL is more than just uh, the sports programs. This mentorship program has just been met with so much success, and it's really had an impact on some of these kids that normally wouldn't have that interaction at home. So we're pretty proud of that. Absolutely. I'm inspired after taking a moment to look back at all the things that you've done so far, and I appreciate how exciting the future seems to be. Yes, it's very exciting. And we invite anybody to come out because, uh, and anybody to get involved. And, you know, the last thing I, I would say is if someone cannot afford to participate in one of our programs for financial reasons, we turn nobody away. We will take anybody. Uh, you never say no to a, a child because of uh, not enough money in the checking account. And I think that's so important. And, you know, what that's also led to is our program helping out other programs that don't have the financial resources that that Westfield has. So, you know, as an example, we just did an equipment drive last weekend, and all you do is send out a quick email. We're collecting uh, some of your used sports equipment to, to donate to other towns, and we get people coming out in droves to help, you know. So we've had a great relationship with some of these other towns, these other communities. We work well with them, and we're happy to support them with uh any way we can. I think those are very important points to highlight. So thanks for sharing that. Sure. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Patty. And finally, in case you missed it, in our last edition of the Westfield Area podcast, we spoke to Elena Kiko, a Westfield resident born in Ukraine. When the conflict broke out in the war-torn country, Kiko received first-hand testimonials about the impact of the crisis from her family members still living in her homeland. She then quickly decided to send aid to those living halfway around the world and inspired many from the surrounding towns to support her endeavors. I didn't know, uh, like, 70% of people who bring stuff, I didn't know them. It was very helpful, you know, how people just have good communication, ask their friends to help, too. It was grateful. For a few hours, people just go to the store, to the pharmacy, buy stuff, bring from home stuff what they have. I was very, very thankful for everything that we received. That'll do it for this edition of the Westfield Area Podcast. On behalf of Frank Isoldi and the Isoldi Collection of Caldwell Banker Realty, thank you for listening. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at theisoldicollection.com. We feature stories that matter to locals. If you have one you'd like to share, email it to Frank at frankisoldi at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.